0: All right, I'm back. Another podcast, another week of fantasy football. Week six is done, which means that we're on to week seven, the midway point, the midweek of the season before playoffs. And uh, it's coming out a little late. It's just been a crazy week. I was recording while it was also raining, so there could be some rain effects in there. Sounds a little tropical. Maybe some windshield wiper action. Uh, No guests, just been all over the place. Lack of planning. But um, I was just celebrating. I was out celebrating my my fifth win, me being in first place. So that's just how it is. But there's a bunch of stuff to talk about. Tom gets his first win. Devin and Don's put up huge numbers. Owen puts up big numbers, but grabs a loss still. Again, is still a still two-win team, even though he's, like, third in scoring. So we'll go over the matchups, waiver wire talk, standings, scoring leaders, stuff like that, as usual. So uh, enjoy what it is. All right, let's get straight into week six. We'll start off with a game I thought was going to be close, but it turns out that it just wasn't. It was a pretty brutal beating here, and uh, Devin has a high score again, moves him up in the rankings. Jake again with a loss here. So Devin wins 145.5. The Jake's 96.3. Devin moves to four and two. Jake moves to three and three. Uh, Starting with Devin's team, Deshaun Watson again, 29.4. I don't know how accurate this is, but I feel like any time Deshaun Watson goes over like 20 points, Devin's team just goes off in scoring. I think the the few losses he has, Deshaun Watson was at like 12, 13 points. So it just seems his whole team goes off when uh, Deshaun Watson is uh, whipping that ball around. So he gets 29.4. Le'Veon Bell, another kind of off game for Bell and 11.8, 11.8, which is not great, but um, or it's not bad, I should say. It's not bad, but, I mean, Devin did take him third in the draft overall. So, I mean, he hasn't really been living up to that, but the Jets' schedule gets super easy after the Patriots. So, if Devin makes the playoffs, Bell could be one of those guys that's putting up 25 points a game in the playoffs, which is pretty big. Freeman, finally a good game from him, 25.3, two receiving touchdowns there. I mean, if Freeman's going off and then Bell catches up to him, I mean, this is – a real scary team. Edelman, good game, 15.8. Crowder, 12.8. Just stud numbers all around. Delaney Walker, 5.8. Tight end's probably Devin's weakest spot. Um, Delaney Walker seems to be very hit or miss. 5.8 is pretty average for him. Uh, Good pickup with Auden Tate, 11.6. He seems to be getting a lot of targets in Cincinnati. Denver's D with the shutout, getting 20 points for Dev. Huge. And then he even got 13 from the kicker. So, Huge week from Devin, especially when he had a bunch of guys on bye. I mean, he had Jacobs on bye, Hilton on bye, Chicago D on bye, and uh, Herndon was out. So, I mean, that's at least three of his starters. I mean, he probably would have started Herndon too if he was playing. So, I mean, that's four starters out, pretty big names too. Chicago always putting up big numbers. Hilton's doing well, and Jacobs had a monster game last week. So, Devin benches them because they got byes, and he still puts up almost 150 points. So, he has to be happy about that win in general and uh, get those guys back from by next week. Huge numbers for Jake. Jake's team has just gone downhill a bit. I think he's under 100 the last three games. I I did some stats. My stat guys were up all night. And uh, Jake is averaging the worst over the last three games. Uh, If you broke fantasy into quarters and did it by three games each, he had one of the best starting three games. He was up there in scoring. And the last three games, he has the lowest in the league. He's averaging like 88 points over the last three games. So, I mean, he's not breaking 100. He's not doing great, but thing is he would have to score a shitload this game to even match devins points so you know you win some you lose some but lamar jackson's back he gets 30.6 that's a big game for him derrick henry again bad game i mean he got shut out against denver so there's not much he could do here 3.8 duke johnson seems to be pretty good here 12.4 julio jones 14.8 big game for him julio without a touchdown again though julio just needs to go over the top he needs to get those 25 point games i think because i mean 14.8 14.8 is great from a wide receiver, but Julio is, I think, Jake's first pick. I would assume it must have been. Either that or early second, but he got, he's he got to be putting up some 20-point games. He's got to get in the end zone. Sutton having a huge game for Denver, or a pretty average game, but Sutton's been having some big games for Denver. He seems to be the prime target for Flacco out there. 9.6. Greg Olson. Greg Olson is just moving around the league like a whore. Uh, he's been on, like, three or four different teams now. I dropped him recently and because he put up, like, three points in the last four weeks. And he finally puts up 7.2, which is pretty respectable for the tight ends. I mean, tight end is a hard position to come by in this league right now. They're so hit or miss. And there's about three or four guys that are actually putting up numbers every week, and that's about it. Uh, besides that, it's just a crap shoot on who you start, which you can see around the league at this point. Uh, Will Fuller, come down game for him, 6.9. Uh, five receptions, 44 yards, which is kind of what Will Fuller is. I mean, it's good that he's getting receptions. He used to be just kind of like a two-target, two-touchdown kind of guy. Uh, but he seems to be getting more targets out there with Deshaun uh, Watson now. So, I don't know, he's a, he's a weapon, though. I mean, because he, he's one of those guys that could easily do what I said there and get two receptions for 98 yards and two scores. I mean, he has that go-off, over-the-top ability. So, 6.9 in the flex, not exactly what you'd want to see, but Jake got a few guys on by again, too. I mean, Marlon Mack on by, Singletary's on by, and uh, Waller was on by. So, not much he could do. Breeze is still out for him, which I don't even know if he's going to hold on to him. I mean, Lamar Jackson's having the year that he is. Uh, but Jake's got a solid team here. I mean, Ingram's out. He's got a – between injuries and buys, you got for you guys on the bench. But Jake's got a solid team. He's got a bunch of running backs. Be surprised if he doesn't move some of them. He's got an injured tight end and a tight end on buy, but both of them are in the top ten for scoring for tight ends. So – it's a bad loss. This is a rivalry game. I felt the tension in the air between these two guys, but it's just a bad loss by Jake, and he needs to try to get himself over 100 points soon because going from the top scorer to one of the lowest scores is he's dropping down that ranking board, and he's grabbing some losses. Three and three is not where Jake wants to be, especially after that hot start he has, but we're getting to that point now where he gets into the playoffs. He's a dangerous team. That team could put up over 120 easily, I'd say, so He'll be making some trades, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm hearing some rumors, some rumors in the uh, going around the league, and I, I'm sure Jake, Jake has a lot of pieces there that could be moved around, so I'd be surprised if he doesn't. But Devin's team, on the other hand, solid team. I don't even know if Devin really has to make a trade. It looks like a team that's in a win-now mode and also has the potential to really put up some more points in the playoffs. So he's been a little sporadic, but so far nice for Dev, 4-2. Next game up, surprise, surprise, Manti grabs a win, a really well-needed win, and uh, unfortunately McGann over 100 points again, but just can't get the job done, I mean, he's third in the league in scoring, real close to second, and I mean, he just, he can't grab a W, so Manti moves to 2-4, and four. McGann moves down to 2-4, and four. and uh, I don't know if I've ever really seen a team that's that high in scoring that... As this low of a record I mean if he's 3-3 and maybe Or like 4-2 and And he had some bad losses That I mean He could easily be 6-0 and So I mean It's it's a shitty loss Again I feel like I'm just saying that Every week And I mean he's got to start Grabbing some wins Or else he'll, he'll be on the outside Looking in But what I can already tell Is going to happen Because Mandy's team sucks And he has a hard schedule Coming up Owen's team sucks He has some players coming back But he has a really hard Schedule coming up uh, Tom I don't know if he can come back From going 0-5 That'll be hard to make The playoffs for him and then there's kind of a mix there between Trevor, Jeremy, and McGann for that last 8th spot, 7th spot. So McGann is definitely going to be one of those teams that makes the playoff as like an 8th seed or a 7th seed, and he'll just beat the shit out of whoever he plays first. He'll take out the 1st or 2nd seed immediately, and then it's it's just going to suck because it's like a death that you watch coming. I mean, it's, if it's me, I definitely don't want to play McGann in first in the playoffs. That's a guarantee because I know he'll put up what he's been putting up, you know, put up like 130, 140, and you can't even be shocked about it. But going through Manti's team, he finally starts Brady. I don't know if Manti listens to this podcast. I, I honestly, he, he doesn't say anything in the chat. I'm assuming that's because he knows almost zero about football, and he knows that if he says something, he's just going to get torn apart. That's what I'm going to assume it is, but maybe he listens to me. Maybe he decided to play Brady. I mean, Brady played the Giants about a week ago now. Uh, Rogers was playing. Rogers was playing the Lions, which Brady was the obvious choice. Only a four-point difference here, but finally plays the better quarterback. Brady gets 22. Zeke had a good game on the ground, 23.7 from Zeke. That's what you want to see from Zeke more often, honestly. Uh, Damian Williams can't really tell what the Chiefs are doing with that backfield. They seem to be splitting carries all over the place. LaShawn McCoy is in and out. Damian Williams is hurt. He's not. I mean, they just got so much talent on there, it's getting spread around a lot. So Damian Williams is kind of saved by a uh, receiving touchdown here. He gets 8.5. OBJ finally has a good game, a couple of bad weeks in a row, a couple of really, really bad weeks in a row, 13.1. No touchdown, though. He needs to see that touch, the end zone a little bit more. I mean, six receptions, 101 yards, so it's a good day. But, I mean, OBJ is one of those guys that, kind of like what I said about Julio the last game, he's got to get in the end zone. I mean, there's a lot of guys on that team, but OBJ, I, I just feel like I haven't heard about it. I don't even know if he has a touchdown this year. If he does, it's not many. So 13.1, Josh Gordon, I think he got banged up this game. I watched some of this game, and uh, I think he got banged up. 1.2 for him, one reception, seven yards. So when one of them does well, the other one sucks. When one of them, they, they just never do well together. So Josh Gordon just becoming a bit of a letdown. I think at the start of the year we all said it's a chance to take Josh Gordon. You never know what you're going to get, and he's an athletic freak. But it just doesn't seem like that's the Patriots' offense right now. Their offense is all dip and dunk. Slowly killing the other team with some runs and stuff like that over the middle to Edelman. It's just not the long ball. It's a different style offense, and I I just don't know if Josh Gordon even has that much value at this point. Um, I wouldn't mind taking him, but he'd be on the bench for my team. I mean, he's second receiver on Manti's team. He's got to be doing more than 1.2 points, that's for sure. Hunter Henry really puts Manti over the top, 26 points, huge game, eight receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's really what saved Manti's – maybe saved the season here in a way of not coming in last. He's not really going anywhere besides that, but huge win, and Hunter Henry gets 26 points from the tight end position. Like I said, tight ends are not scoring at will this year. There's like three or four of them, so Hunter Henry breaking out would be huge for Manti. He started Hillman, which Hillman's one of the worst running backs I've ever seen. I mean, he's the third-string running back on not a great team, so I don't know. Manti just read one blog, maybe, that said that you should just pick up starting running backs, and he started Hillman. I mean, he had 2.5 yards, 38 yards and a fumble. He really shouldn't be starting on anybody's team. And now that Barkley's going to come back, I mean, Hillman should be dropped. But I don't know. Maybe Manti will start him next week just for chance. Carolina defense, 18 points. Playing Jameis, you know you're going to get a few picks. They managed to get five, two fumble recoveries. So they get 18, even though they let up 26 points. Pretty absurd numbers there. But when you're playing Jameis, you're going to get some defensive touchdowns or interceptions or fumbles. I mean, the ball's all over the place. Uh, Manti's bench. As I've said before, not great. Frank Gore and the Buffalo D were on bye. But McCoy, 5.4. Font, 2.6. Jason Witten had a decent day at tight end. 8.2. He's still out there doing stuff. A.J. Green on his IR. He should be coming back soon. There's rumors he might be traded, but he should be coming back, which would actually be pretty huge for Manti. He could sub him in for Josh Gordon there or uh, Hillman from the Giants. So, I mean, that would be pretty big for Manti. McGann's team, Matt Ryan, looking like an MVP, 30.9. I think he's second behind Russell Wilson, but he's putting up huge numbers every game just because they're always in shootouts. That defense for the Falcons sucks. So Matt Ryan's always throwing the ball, 30.9 for him. Dalvin Cook, 12.4 against one of the best rushing defenses, the Eagles, 41 yards and a touchdown. So still a pretty decent day for him. I mean, he's top back, if not the top back this year behind maybe McCaffrey, I guess. But I mean, he's, he still was able to put up a decent game against the Eagles Lindsey doing really really well. He seems like a steal of the draft from again. Got him late fourteen point five. He's getting a lot of work there. For the Broncos, Michael Thomas another good game twelve point nine. This is where it goes downhill. Amari Cooper gets hurt zero point eight. Sounds like he might not play next week. That's pretty big from again, especially how much he loves Amari Cooper. I mean, not having Cooper, who's putting up twenty and twenty five points a game from again, will be a big 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 hit. Uh, Hawkinson another off game four point one. Kenyon Drake. 10 points, not bad. He was playing the Redskins, so you kind of assume that, he, well, you would hope that he would get, was going to get a double digit, double digits there. And uh, he does just 10, though. Uh, Baltimore D7, Mason Crosby 12, good game from the kicker. McGann's bench, full of guys here. Uh, O.J. Howard finally got a couple of points, 4.5. Still nowhere near the potential he has. Golden Tate, he's back, 19.2. Maybe a little chemistry there with uh, Daniel Jones. He could be a good start for McGann or a good trading piece. Ronald Jones, seven points against a good Carolina D. I think Ronald Jones has some potential to be a good back. I don't know. He's hit hit or miss, but he's definitely better than Peyton Barber. So he could be valuable later on in the season for him again, especially when he's figuring out how to play in that flex position. Adrian Peterson, 14.6. Once again, he played the Dolphins. I don't know. I don't think AP is back. Um, I don't know if this interim coach is going to run AP that much, but he says he's going to run the ball, pound the ball. AP is the guy there. I think it's going to help Chris Thompson out way more than AP. This could be AP send-off game with over 118 yards. And Snell, 9.4. So McGinnis has got some trading pieces, and he's got a good team. It's just all about grabbing that win, I guess. And uh, he really needs to start getting some soon because it's going to start catching up to him. Um, but that 7-8 spot is up for grabs, and I feel like he'll get in there, which is just going to be just – not good for whoever is in the first or second seed all right next game is my game and to no surprise I mean I feel like I called it I beat Trevor I mean you just don't put a high scoring offense to get to low scoring offense and expect other results at this point you know and Trevor scored over 100 points last week he had like 121 so he was just due based off his uh year so far he was due to go down by about 30 or 40 points which he did he went down to 84.3 So if you have Trevor next week, I'd watch out for 120 point performance from him because that's how consistently up and down his team is. But uh, I scored 96, I moved to five and one on the year. First place alone, first place for right now at least. And Trevor moves to three and three, which credit to Trevor is still pretty amazing due to how little his offense scores. 11th in the league, don't forget. But go through my team, Russell Wilson, best quarterback in the league right now 90 90 sorry 28.9 dyslexic over here 28.9 he is always around that 30 point mark and it just doesn't seem to stop i mean against good teams against bad teams he's just getting the job done and uh it just looks like a great pickup right now there's rumors that he's like favorite for nfl mvp if the season ended right now which never really works out but Uh, He's just balling out this year. Running backs, that's where I ran into trouble. This was a really off week for me. It was the lowest total I've scored this year, Uh, 96, as I mentioned. Aaron Jones, six points. James White, nine points. I mean, Aaron Jones just does not look the same when Jamal Williams is on the field, so that's a bit of a problem. Uh, I'm hoping that that was just maybe the game plan for the Lions, but see what happens moving forward. But it's not really something I'd like to see. I would definitely like to see... Aaron Jones do a little bit better than six points, especially from like a second round or a third round pick. So we'll see what else I can get from him, but moving on to James White. I mean, James White, this is kind of what I expect generally, like nine points is almost exactly where he is every week. He's consistently at that nine, at that like 8.5 to 10.5 ratio right there. I mean, he's just, at most of his receptions, I mean, he had negative one rushing yards. So he's just a reception machine. The Patriots are just running that dip-and-dunk offense, which suits James White style. He did have a touchdown taken away from him. So it's exactly what I want from a flex. So once Saquon comes back, I'll be happy with it. Moving on, Godwin, 20.1. Huge game from Godwin again. I mean, Godwin is just top wide receiver this year. I mean, he's just every week, week in, week out, with a shitty Bucks team, he just balls out and uh, is doing better than Mike Evans, is doing better than O.J. Howard. He's the prime target in that offense. So Looking like a solid pickup, I mean, the draft. DJ Chark, who has been doing amazing, uh, had a slow game, had a bad game here, 5.8, which I'm just going to chalk it up to the Saints defense and uh, Gardner Minshew being a rookie against an actual challenge this week. So hopefully that won't repeat. But moving on to my worst position by far and a position that I really struggle with Everett getting 1.9. And uh, this is about my third or fourth tight end on the season. I just have no luck with them. I didn't draft one early. I thought I could get one late and find some find some benefits, but it just does not seem like it's working out for me. Could have to trade. If I want to be a championship team, could have to trade. Could have to just get lucky on the free agent wire, but right now I don't know if ever it's the move. But 1.9, Brita, solid game from Breeda, 8.3. He looks like the perfect second punch on that 49ers offense for the running backs behind Coleman. Uh, Chargers defense sucks. Chargers suck. Too many injuries. They're one of the worst teams. And a decent game for my kicker. My bench, two injury, three injuries. Barkley, Penny, Deshaun Jackson, all with injuries. But Barkley and Jackson coming back. I mean, Barkley coming back is huge. I don't know if people are talking about this enough, but I'm five and one without my first round pick and second round pick. But my first round pick's coming back. I mean, not just first, but number one overall. I can't wait for Barkley just to just put 20, 30 points in my offense. I mean, I might hit 200 points this year, let's be honest. But anyway, right now my bench looks like a miserable piece of shit with all those injuries and uh, buys zero points all across the board. So not much there to trade or give away. Going on to Trevor's team, like I said, Mintry would a bad game against the Saints, which he was down. he was bound to have a bad game eventually there. Joe Mixon, 4.9. I don't know what his deal is. The Cincinnati Bengals just can't figure out. How to use him miles sanders 16.7 i don't know he's not looking that great on the run uh, on the ground maybe that was just against the vikings vikings solid defense but he looks amazing in the passing game he's got a pair of hands on him and his wheel routes with Quentz look so crisp so he has some value there i mean it's six yards on the ground he just had all his yards through the air so could be a valuable flex for trevor even though trevor's running backs are so bad that he could be starting at number one for him Boyd, bad game from Boyd, 2.5. Scary Terry McLaurin, huge game, 24 points. I mean, he looks like one of the best rookies, rookie wide receivers in a long time, which is saying something because he's on the shitty Redskins with mixing quarterbacks in every other week. So that's really impressive. It was a great pickup by Trevor at the start of the year after week one. Andrews, 10.9, one of the more consistent tight ends in the league. If you're getting over double digits with your tight ends, You should be thankful because a lot of us are not, and it's a really hard position to get right now. Brandon Cooks, 4.7. He's not looking the same. That Rams offense isn't looking the same, so that's just a downfall. Saints defense, 10 points, 6 points from his kicker. Uh, Big takeaway here is Trevor still has bench value. Samuel, I don't know how he put his Carolina boy on the bench here. 21.8 from Samuel. He definitely would have got a win here if he started him over some of the guys he did. Uh, Scantling, 6.7. He still has that promising side, Scantling. I mean, if Devontae Parker comes back, and it's healthy, then it kind of takes away. But moving on, DK Metcalf, 9.3. DK Metcalf looks like a pretty – he looks like a decent rookie. And, I mean, he's putting up pretty decent fantasy numbers for that flex position, that wide receiver three position. And that's about it for Trevor. I mean, like I said, if you're playing Trevor next week, expect 120 points because they'll do good with next week. Uh, In saying that, I wouldn't be surprised if Trevor moves down in the rankings and goes on a three- or four-game losing streak or loses three out of the next four or something like that. I mean, you just can't keep up with the fact that he's scoring the least, second to least, sorry, in the league and is just getting some wins here and there. I mean, it's gonna catch up to you eventually. So he's three and three for now. And if he keeps this up, you'll sneak into the playoffs. And I hope I get him first round because I think that would be an easy pick him, just take off in the first round. Sorry, Trevor, I just have to call you out. I mean, you called out, you called out my team. My team puts you in your place. And luckily I get to play Trevor again in the regular season in week 12. Can't wait for that. All right, next game up. Uh, this is a sad game. This one really broke my heart, um, and I mean that. I do mean that. I'm being honest. Sometimes I'm very sarcastic, but Owen scoring 115.9 points and grabbing a loss, Nick Chubb doing well, Tyreek Hill coming back and then putting up two touchdown, a two-touchdown game, Carlos Hyde having a good game. I mean, this one actually hurt my heart a little bit. I really thought Owen was going to grab a win here, but... Donahue still manages to put up almost 140 points. He scores 137.7, moving him to 4-2. And, two. and uh, like I said, Owen scores 115.9. He moves to 1-5. and five. Uh, Going through Donahue's team, Dak Prescott, 18.2. Same story. I mean, they lost. The Cowboys aren't that great. He lost. He saved himself here with a bit of a – he got a rushing touchdown. Didn't throw for any. So, I mean, he doesn't get that rushing touchdown. We're talking about a pretty average game, but – Just because I hate him, I can't take it away. It's one of the things that he adds to – he has the fantasy value. So he did get 18.2, solid game. Uh, David Johnson, huge game, 25.2. Chris Carson, huge game, 23.9. Once again, Donahue just gets about 50 points straight off the bat with his running backs, huge game there. Moore, 12.1, decent game there. Jarvis Landry, all these Browns wide receivers, so up and down. Landry with 5.1, so not exactly where you'd want to be. I mean, maybe – I could say Donny's wide receivers are probably his like weakest spot, but I mean his running backs putting up 50 points between the two of them, and Dak is having up and down games. It's a, it's a scary, it's a scary team. It's a scary team. It's the high scoring uh, offense in the league right now. Uh, Travis Kelsey, seven point eight. This is the theme of the episode. Seven point eight from a tight end is not that bad. I would take that every single week right now. Seven point eight, not bad. He would expect. I'm assuming Donny would expect more, but I mean, not that bad. Seven point eight. I would take it. Mark Ingram, 14.4. So let's reiterate that Donahue's running backs got basically 60 points between the three of them. What more can you ask for? I mean, that's just, it's exactly what you'd want. Mark Ingram is just seems to be, I can't say I've watched the Ravens game, but he just seems to be a goal line back. I haven't even seen a Mark Ingram highlight this year. I, I, I'm assuming they're just like three yard runs in and he just scores because he's always like under 60 yards rushing with a touchdown or two. So Mark Ingram, 14.4 and then once again, unfucking believable. I don't know if the Patriots are ever going to play anybody good, but again, 28 fucking points from the pa- like the Patriots. Uh, two touchdowns, three interceptions, a fumble recovery, eight points allowed and a block. I mean, the Patriots uh, going by position, they're probably the most valuable pick in the draft at this point because 20 every single week they're over 20 points and a bunch of the weeks they've been close to 30. Ridiculous stat line by them, Um, which I don't know if it can continue. At this point, it seems like it's just a regularity, but I'm hoping that just kind of calms down. I mean, even just 15 15 points would be good weeks from the defenses, and if they were doing it every week, that would be a good team. 28 is just you're adding 30 points to this offense right off the bat. You add in 60 points from the running backs. Donahue is well over like 100 points every single week. It just depends on what his wide receivers and his quarterback do, and that's how good his team does, uh, which is a scary team. It's a scary team. He's in second place right now, and I'm sure he's going to sneak up on me real fast. Then you go to his bench, Jamal Williams, as I mentioned in my game. Jamal Williams had over 100 yards and a receiving touchdown, 21.6. I'm hoping he doesn't steal that job. I, I think Aaron Jones is the better running back. Jamal Williams is just, like, more athletic. But who has another weapon right there on the bench. Could be trading value. I mean, if Donny wanted to add a wide receiver to his team, Jamal Williams could be trading value. Royce Freeman, another trading value piece, maybe. I mean, he still seems to get some yards, even with uh, Philip Lindsay grabbing good amounts of uh, points every week. Royce Freeman, it's a timeshare. He's getting enough points, too. They focus on the run game there, 10.1 from him. Uh, Not much else going on Donahue's bench. Uh, Chase Edmonds, 13.7. I mean, if you needed a running back right now, and Donahue's team definitely didn't look like this before, but Royce Freeman, Jamal Williams, Chase Edmonds. A couple weeks ago, I would have been like, no shot, why would I want any of them? They're all putting up over 10 points. Chase Edmonds had 13.7, and that's two weeks in a row he's done well. If you need a flex guy, if you need a running back to fill in, even as a running back two at this point, if you're that stuck, Donnie, who's got guys, and he really – I don't know what you would offer him. I'd say Donnie would just take a wide receiver at this point. You give Donnie a wide receiver, he might package those two guys up to you, send you with a little bow on it, because Donnie's team is – That good, and he's got six running backs right now that are putting up numbers basically every week. So scary offense, as I've mentioned every single week, is able to put up 140 at will. Uh, Moving on to Owen's team, which great game. I mean, a lot more standouts from Owen. I mean, Owen has like the the star athletes. His team is not well-rounded, but he's got the star athletes. Carson Wentz, good game, 20.5. Nick Chubb, again, huge game, 26.4. Melvin Gordon, who I assume will just get better fantasy points as time goes on during the season, but it's getting a little too late for Owen. But 6.3 from Melvin Gordon, Tyreek Hill, first game back, five receptions, 80 yards, two touchdowns, 22.5. Huge game, and I'm assuming he's just going to fit right back into that offense. High-scoring offense, Tyreek will be the main guy there. That offense has been all over the place with sporadic scores. I'd say Tyreek Hill is probably going to be the only cemented scorer in that offense. Williams from the Chargers, 9.7, not a bad game, not a great game. Right in the middle there, almost 10 points. Vance McDonald, one point. Like I said, tight ends all over again, one point. Vance McDonald, one week, 22 points. The next week, one point. I mean, so hard to tell. Carlos Hyde, great game, 17.5. Carlos Hyde looks like it's a good pick at this point. I don't know if he drafted him or picked him up for all free agency, but Carlos Hyde's getting a lot of touches, 116 yards and a touchdown. And he had a fumble. He almost had 20 points without that fumble. Tennessee defense and kicker Lambeau, six points each. Uh, Owens bench, Robinson was on a bye. Alshon Jeffrey, 18.6. Another good game from Jeffrey. I mean, Jeffrey is just one of Wentz's favorite targets. I'd say that will go down once Deshaun Jackson comes back. But as of right now, Jeffrey is just, he's the safest option on that team. Nobody else can catch. Miles Sanders and Alshon Jeffrey, apparently. So. Sammy Watkins, zero. Sammy Watkins might get dropped in a few weeks, I'd say. Tyler Eifert, 2.3. Burkhead, zero. Peyton Barber, 2.8. Not much going on Owen's bench and not much trade value. Owen's trade value is probably in wide receivers. If you were stuck in a wide receiver, he's got Tyreek back. He's got Williams. He's got Alshon Jeffrey and Robinson. I mean, there's some there's some talent there if Owen really needed to make a trade. I don't know what Owen's going to really do here. He's got the hardest schedule coming up. Or one of the, I should say the one of the hardest schedules coming up. And I don't think that's going to go well for him. But not counting him out yet. He's definitely out of the playoffs. Not saying that. He's definitely out of the playoffs. There's no way he's catching up to anybody. But I don't know if he'll come in last place. I think he could get out of there. He could wiggle his way out of there, I think. But he's got me next week. And that's going to be pretty easy for me with Nick Chubb out. Let's see. Next game I got up was a very low score in between... Jeremy and Amat. Amat pulls out the win here pretty handily, but uh, mainly because Jeremy had such a low-scoring uh, week this week. I mean, 73.6 points for Jeremy as he moves to 3-3. Three and three. And uh, Amat moves to 4-1 and one with uh, 91.9 points this week. Uh, going through Amat's team, Mass Stafford only 11.5 against that Packers defense. Kamara only 10.1 on Johnson a 13.1. It's not a great performance there. I mean, Kamara is not. I wouldn't say bust, obviously, but he's just not putting up the numbers like he was last year. Uh, Keenan Allen another rough game. I mean, it. It almost sounds like Keenan Allen wants out of Chargers right now. So I mean, 4.3 points for him. Galladay 14.6. Good game from him. Austin Ho- Hooper. Uh, almost mispronounced that bad. Austin Hooper 21.7. And uh, I mean, he really carried Amat's team here. I mean, that's that's what really put him over, put him over on points. Otherwise, this team was going downhill very fast. Uh, 21.7 eight receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Robert Woods 7.6, not bad, which it just basically really came off a rushing touchdown. He had zero receptions and zero yards, so saved by a rushing touchdown. Rams D only six, so I mean Ahmad's team here. I just read off a team that sounded like it was on like one of the worst weeks ever, but puts up 91.9, and it grabs an easy W over Jeremy. So he got the job done, and uh, you look at his bench, he's still got some value there too, because, I mean, Calvin Ridley, 12.8, decent game from him. Jared Cook, 11.2, which that's two tight ends there that have some trade value. Uh, Madison, 4.3, Gallup, 6.8, and Latavius Murray, 9.4. So, I mean, mott Scott got guys, as I've said. Christian Kirk should be coming back from injury soon. Um, Ahmaud's definitely got pieces. As I've always said, I feel like mod never trades. I can't really remember the last time Ahmaud traded somebody. So I wouldn't get your hopes up even if you hear that team, like, oh, there's an option there because I just feel like he doesn't get rid of anybody. But if you want to throw him a proposition, I would say that he has a lot of wide receiver depth, and uh, he's got two decent tight ends. So there is that. If we move to Jeremy's team. A solid 1.1 from Jared Goff, which I'm not making fun of too much because I did say I thought Jared Goff would have a really good year, and I stand completely corrected, and he's not doing great at all. But 1.1 from him, which if your quarterback's at that range, if your quarterback's under like five points, I'm going to just assume you lost regardless because you just need some points from that position in general. 1.1 for him, Leonard Fournette, 14.8. Good game from him. Fournette seems to be finding his way now. I mean, Fournette has been hot or cold basically since he came into the league, I feel like, and he's had injuries, but he seems healthy. 14.8 on the ground against a good Saints defense, so not a bad game. And he's finding receptions, which is huge. I mean, if Fournette gets uh, some more receptions under him, he's like a 20-point back, I'd say. So Sonny Michel, 86 yards from Sonny Michel. So he is not saved by a touchdown this week. It's all just on the ground. So that's good to see. Um... Because he looked like he was down for one of the worst years ever, especially for where people drafted him. Hopkins, finally back on the board with a decent game, 12 points for him. Mike Evans, 16.1. Like I said, that Bucs offense, like, they could lose every single game, but they are going to throw, throw, throw the ball to all their guys. Well, except O.J. Howard. But they're going to throw the ball to their guys. They're going to get them yards, maybe not touchdowns because they're not winning those games. But they always seem to be hitting the overs, the Bucs. So, I mean... Plenty of guys to throw the ball to on that offense. And Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are just putting up huge numbers. 16.1, as I said, for Evans. Huge loss for Jeremy here. Disley gets zero, and it sounds like he could be out for the year. I didn't follow up with that, but I know the initial report was that they thought he was going to be out for the year. So in a league with no tight ends, that is a huge hit because I don't know where he's going to find another one, and he does not have one on his bench. So that is a very risky position to fill at the moment. Eckler, 4.3. Eckler seems to be coming down to earth. Obviously, it was just a bad game for the Chargers, but I'd say with Melvin Gordon coming back, Melvin Gordon's going to get more of those touches, and Melvin Gordon might get more of those receptions, too. So, Austin Eckler is kind of drifting away there. Dallas D got uh, shown up by the Jets here. They're only three points for them, and 10 points from Jairus Kicker. So, I mean, it was a real hot and cold day for Jeremy. This is just I can't. I don't know what to make about Jeremy's team. I mean, at some points it puts up such huge numbers, and then at other points it puts up, like, 73, like this week. I mean, it just is very hot or cold, and you just don't know what to expect, which is probably – it reminds it. it's just a lot like Trevor's team, which is why they're probably both 3-3. Three and three. Uh, I would say those two are going to be fighting for maybe that last playoff spot for the first one in and out – first one out. But uh, Jeremy's bench, I mean – Terry Cohen was on a bye. Jordan Howard didn't play great, 4.9. Hardman, 6.5 for the Chiefs. Jeremy's holding on to Kareem Hunt, and he's holding on to Antonio Brown now. So, I mean, Juice, zero points. He's on the IR. Cole Beasley was on bye. There's not much trade value for the bench, so it's tough to make out what Jeremy's team is going to be. I'd say knowing Jeremy, he's still going to sneak into the playoffs because that's just what he does. He'll probably still grab a win too. But bad week for Jeremy here, and Amat gets another win. But it is true that Amat has the hardest schedule coming up because he has to play Dons twice, and there's a few other hard games in there. So he's got a good lead going in, 4-2, and two, but we'll see what happens when he comes out of it. Finally, the last game for the Week 6 slate was an upset. It was a huge upset. It was an important upset. It was maybe the rise of one team, the fall of another. But uh, first place, Anthony Fair, Dr. Fair, Took a loss to none other than 0-5 Tom's team, so this was a huge win for Tom. Uh, Tom moves to 1-5 now, which uh, really helps him out. I mean, Tom could finally make a move here, which I felt like we all feel we, which I felt like we all knew was going to happen, but it was kind of just a matter of when. And uh, I think he can actually make a splash from here. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'd say Tom has a good chance to get some wins. And you never know what teams like uh, Jeremy or Trevor or anything like that, because I'd say Manti and Owen are out. But somebody's got to get that that playoff spot, that eighth playoff spot. So it's going to be a race for that. But that's, that's thinking too far ahead. We'll just congratulate Tom on the first win here. So Tom wins with 118.7 to Anthony's 91.4. So it was a decent win by Tom. It was a good win. Uh, Kyler Murray, 28.8, huge game for him. Uh, Connor, 27.4, another huge game, two total two total touchdowns for him. Uh, he's interesting because I, I can't tell if he's banged up or not. I think he got hurt this game, but uh, I don't know what his status is for next week. Henderson Jr., 5.3, so not a great game. But, I mean, Tom had to play him because Gurley was out, so you may as well put in that bench player there. Uh, Tyler Lockett the Virgin 10.3 not bad for a Virgin Cooper Cup as I said the Rams got blown out and Goff had like 1.1 points so I mean none of his receivers really did much so four receptions for 17 yards he got him 3.7 George Kittle good game eight receptions 103 yards 14.3 Larry Fitz decent game 9.9 Washington defense surprisingly not a bad game 12 points it was the Dolphins offense but the crazy thing here is Tom is uh, he could have played Stefan Dix, who torched the Eagles. Um, I think a good high school wide receiver could torch the Eagles at this point. But uh, seven receptions, 167 yards, and three touchdowns, 40 points. So Tom could have played him. Now, would I have played him in this situation? No, probably not. So I get it. But. That's just saying, Tom had bench points here. He could have been well into the 130, 140, which is pretty crazy because Tom was pretty bad at the start of the season. This was a guy that was scoring about 60-something points at the start of the season. Sterling Shepard out with the concussion, Gurley out, uh, Pollard 1.3, Williams 4.1, Daniel, not much, not much on Tom's bench here. And so there's not much. I mean, Stefan Diggs, Gurley, Shepard, those are guys, I mean, they're going to come back and stuff like that. Steph, Diggs is playing, obviously, but these are guys that could – be traded he has some trade value and i'd be surprised if tom doesn't try to shake it up he's got to do something i'd say even though he got a win he's feeling that momentum now he probably feels good i'd be surprised if tom wasn't in somebody's dms right now trying to trade away uh any pieces he's got here moving on to anthony's team i feel like i just keep reading off patrick mahomes 18 point something points 18.8 this week but i think the last three weeks he's had 18 point something because that just like seems to be what it is I just fact-checked, yes, week 4, 18, week 5, 18.5, week 6, 18.8. So that seems to be Mahomes' floor, which, once again, every week I say is pretty damn good for a floor, especially when you know every now and then he could put up 30. But this is getting consistent now for Mahomes. Is his ankle hurt? Is the Chiefs not that great? I mean, all this star power, is it even that? I don't know. I don't know what to say, but Mahomes' floor is pretty decent. But if Mahomes doesn't hit that high expectation, Anthony loses. Or at least has a better chance to lose because his team is not well-rounded. It's kind of like what I said about Owen's team before with only having stars. Like, Anthony's team only has stars, but the thing is his stars are the best. So they're going to carry him through as far as they can. But if they don't perform, Anthony's team is pretty bad, to be honest. Uh, Tevin Coleman, 13.1. So once again, good to have him back. Without him... Anthony's team would really be lost. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 19.7. Kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's a really good game. But unless McCaffrey's putting up 25-plus or Mahomes putting up 25-plus, Anthony's team is under 100 points. It's it's a way different story when those two-star performers, two performers are just average players. So Thielen, 14.7. Marvin Jones, this is where it goes downhill for Anthony. I just read off four players. Quarterback, two running backs, wide receiver, those are your star players. They're doing well. Now it goes really downhill. Marvin Jones Jr., 2.7. Zach Ertz, 5.4. Chris Thompson, 3. Jacksonville defense, 6. Will Lutz, out of all that, had 8. I mean, there's just not much. He's losing out in the flex position. He's losing out in that second wide receiver position. Zach Ertz isn't really performing to the level that he was. So, I mean... I don't know. Is this Anthony's downfall? Did he have this hot spark and now he's going to go downhill? I would hate to say that's going to happen, but, you know, I've seen worse in fantasy. I've seen people score 22 points before. I've seen worse. Anthony's bench, D.D. Westbrook, 6.8. He seems to be right around that number every single week. Robbie Anderson, is he back? I don't know. Darnold's back. Is Robbie Anderson back because of it? 21 points for him, 5 receptions, 125 yards, 1 touchdown. He's going to be a hard start. Maybe not for Anthony, I'd say. I mean, I would definitely start Robbie Anderson on Anthony's team, but he's going to be a hit-or-miss guy. I think that's definitely a, a fact. I, I know he was working on his route tree and becoming more of a possession wide receiver, but he's an over-the-top guy. He's your, he's your Deshaun Jackson 2.0. He's I mean, he's just – that's what he is. I mean, he's over the top. He's going to burn guys, and he probably will get a chance at least once every game, uh, whether he catches it or whether it's a good throw, stuff like that. But he's going to get that opportunity for that long bomb every single game to put him over 10 points, put him over 20 points. So I'd say he'd be starting next week for Anthony for sure. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, 3.4. Williams is on a buy. Sanu, 4.4. 4. Robinson from the Chiefs, zero. So, I mean, there's not much on Anthony's bench here. There's not much trading value. I mean, if I was looking at Anthony's team, there's nothing I would really want from it. Maybe he trades away one of the studs like Thielen or Coleman to, like, round out the team a little bit. Maybe he gets rid of Zach Ertz. You know, take a hit at tight end to get a better wide receiver or flex. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. But uh, it's just not looking that gr- – I don't know. I'm not saying it's the downfall. Anthony still has scored a lot of points. But when your points are coming from two, two-and-a-half guys, I'll throw Thielen in there as a half, and they're not performing, it just goes downhill. Tom, on the other hand, I'm ruined for you, Tom. I think Tom could steal some wins in the next coming games. He's got to play Manti twice. I think he plays Trevor, he plays Owen. Tom has some wins lined up. He has some really important games, and I think he could actually steal a few wins. So, as always, I will wrap up week six, go through the standings and uh, scoring leaders after going through all those games. So, uh, looking at the standings right now, after week six, almost in that midseason, I am in first, Brandon, 5-1 and one record, 680.6 points scored, so definitely not the most decent, um, respectable number, but uh, I had the record, and I'm solo up there, so I'll take that first place mantle and hold it on for as long as I can. Then we have a few people with 4-2 and two records, so we'll go uh, points down. So in second place, Donahue is uh, 766 points, most in the league. So he takes that second place title, four and two. Third place, Devin, 724.3 points. They're the only people over 700 right now. So he takes third place. Fourth place, Dr. Fairs' team, 687 points scored. Fifth place, Mike Mott, 616.2 points. And those are all your four and two teams. So we move on to three and three, which Jake leads the way there with 671.6 points. Uh, underneath him, Jeremy also three and three, 603 points scored. And the last three and three team is Trevor, who is a m- fucking miserable 554.9 points scored, only 10 points off Owen and last. And then we move on to ninth in the standings. Uh, McGann, two and four, which is very unfortunate because he has 699 points scored just a, just a little off that 700 mark. so that makes him third in the league right now in scoring but he still holds the title for ninth place 10th place we have manti also two and four he has 603 points scored and then the battle for last two one and five teams in 11th place tom moves out of that last place spot because he has more points scored than owen 602.8 and owen is in 12th place with 545.6 points those are the standings as of right now and then the scoring leaders for the week go through them really quickly. For quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, 30.9, Lamar Jackson, 30.6, and Deshaun Watson, 29.4. Real close race there, all around 30 for the quarterbacks. Running backs, James Connor, 27.4, Nick Chubb, 26.4, and Freeman, 25.3. All real close again. Wide receivers, this is where a little bit of a difference. Diggs just went off this week and really leads the way, 40 points. McLaurin, 24 points, and Tyreek Hill, back off injury, 22.5 points. Tight ends, Hunter Henry, 26, Austin Hooper, 21.7, and George Kittle, drop off here, 14.3. For defenses, no surprise, the Patriots are up there again, 28 points for them. The Broncos at 20, and the Panthers at 18. That is the week six six wrap-up. There we go. Okay, so if you're taking a look at the waiver wire, I have some names for you, and I don't know, it's a pretty pretty bad week, I'll be honest. There's not many guys that stood out on the waiver wire, and I don't think there's many guys that will get picked up this week, but regardless, the show goes on, I'll go through them. Kirk Cousins leads your way for quarterbacks, 27.3. Sam Darnold, good to see him back on, on the and on the board, 19.6, and Baker Mayfield, 19.5. For running backs, Brandon Bolden, 11.5. I don't know. He seems to be getting a decent amount of that timeshare in the Patriots' backfield. He's at least getting the touchdowns. And Bowali killed that name there. For the Buccaneers, 10 points. He got a touchdown. And Mark Walton for the Dolphins, 10 points. Wide receivers, Taron Brown, 16.4. Lazard for the Packers. I didn't even know there was a guy named Lazard on the Packers, 14.5. And Devontae Parker, 10.3. Look at that. On the draft board, we got or waiver wire, we got a couple Dolphins. For tight ends, because they're so hard to find, Seals Jones, 12.2. bright 11.7. And Max Williams from Arizona, Max with two Xs, 10.9. And if you're interested in a defense that's been doing well, there's not many. But I will tell you, the Redskins led the way with 12, and the Giants and Ravens had 7. Yeah, the waiver wire, there's not many guys here. And if there was, I probably wouldn't tell you about them. But the guys that led the way, there's no real standouts. There's a lot of guys that you know that's the one touchdown they will score a week. I mean, there's no 20-plus games. There's no 30 random 30 games on here. So uh, most of the guys are picked up at this point. Guys that are scoring points, they're picked up. I mean, if anybody's scoring more than, like, eight points consistently, they're on somebody's team. That's what's good about this league. It's competitive like that, and you can't be sleeping on the waiver wire. But that's your waiver wire recap, and uh, have fun with it. Okay. So like I said, during the matchups, I uh, did put some stats together and a lot of it had to do with the rest of season schedule and who is the easiest, who is the hardest. And um, basically you could have gone by record, but I don't think record makes sense in fantasy because I don't want to play McGann. McGann has two wins, but McGann's third in scoring. So, I mean, that's, that's bound to just be a bad matchup regardless. And uh, someone like Trevor, who's Still in the middle in the mix there at three and three is 11th in scoring. Like, I'd much rather play him. So the record I don't think matters as much, and it's just everybody's kind of tied and close. So I took that out, and I went by points, and uh, took the points of every uh, player has the average points they score, the rest of the schedule, averaged that out. You know, a lot of – I'm pretty decent on Excel, so these stats are pretty accurate. And I think it's a good test to see like who has the easiest schedule and who is the hardest. And there is no bias here, it's just a fact, and I can explain why, but I do have the easiest schedule left, which is great to hear when you're already five wins in. Mainly because I've already played some of the harder guys. I've played Dons, I've played Devin, I've played McGann. A lot of the high scoring guys, I've got them out of the way already. And I got Owen twice, Manti once, Trevor once. So it does make sense if you look into it. It's not just me saying that. Uh, second easiest is Devin. He's really close to me with the uh, opponent average, uh, like really close. We're basically .3 points off there. So me and Devin by far have the easiest schedules remaining. Tom has the third easiest, which, I mean, good for Tom. Tom has the third easiest. I think he's got, I'd have to look again, but Tom's got Manti twice, I think. Then he's got Owen in there as a mix. He's got Trevor in there. So, I mean, he's got a a good shot to win four or five games, which is pretty crazy because then I think he's going to be in the mix. Uh, Fourth easiest is uh, Donahue, which for the rest of the league, not great to hear because me, Devin, and Donahue are in the top four for easiest schedules left, and it's by a good margin. So I'd say the top are going to keep winning. And uh, the middle four, I kind of put them in tiers. That was the top tier there, easiest. And then the middle four if it matters is, you know, McGann's 5th, Jeremy's 6th, Damanti 7th, and Anthony 8th, so those guys are right in the middle. Um, just easy, but not like hard, you know. Everybody knows what the middle is anyway, but then you get to the bottom tier. These are the hardest schedules left, which uh, ninth hardest, or ninth easiest, I should say, so 4th hardest. Owen, he's got a pretty tough one coming ahead because he plays, once again, I mean, I know Owen plays me twice, he gets Devin, he plays McGann, and he plays Donahue, so that's a real tough schedule. Tenth is Jake, which Jake's been off lately. He's been the last three games, has not scored a lot. He's averaged way lower than he has in the past, so that's a rough one. And then the 11th is Trevor, which I think his scoring is going to catch up to him big time because he's got a hard schedule coming up, and which includes Devin, McGann, Jeremy, Donahue, me, and Devin again. I mean, that's a lot of... A lot of guys that score a lot of points going against the team that does not. So that's tough. And then the hardest schedule, the one name I've left off, the hardest one by far is Amat. He is the... And it is by far. I mean, he's pretty pretty up there. And that's basically because he plays Donahue twice. He plays myself. He plays Devin. He plays McGann. The easiest games that Amat has left are technically by points Tom and Jeremy, which Tom has started scoring a bunch, and Jeremy still has a pretty decent team. So, I mean... Ahmaud's got a real hard schedule, so he's lucky that he's 4-2 and two now and he's going to see what happens coming out on the other. Okay, so before getting to week 7, we'll take a quick look at it, make it real brief. Like I said, there's no point looking at the projections because too many guys are on buys now. and I mean, it's just not that accurate anyway, but I will throw out the ESPN predictions. And um, start off with Jake versus McGann. It's a big matchup. McGann needs a win, and Jake needs to get his team back on track. So, I mean, this is a big game. And McGann gets a loss here. I mean, I don't know where you go from that. You're 2-5. and five. Obviously, plenty of time to make a run for the playoffs and stuff like that, but there's there is not many games coming. I mean, this is the midweek. Week 7 is the exact middle of the year, so going into that 2-5, and five, whew, I mean... You need a real bounce back in the second half. And Jake, like I said before on the podcast, has been scoring a crazy low amount of points the last couple weeks here, the last few weeks. So he needs to bounce back. But Jake is favorited here. 54% chance to win here. Uh, Moving on to the next game, Trevor versus Devin. Another big game. I think Devin kind of blows this out. I think Trevor's team does go downhill just because of how... Sporadic it can be, even if he puts up 115 or 120 points. I think Devin's team is that good that Devin will actually uh, beat him out here and put up 130 or 140. So Devin has a 55% chance, according to ESPN, to win this game. I like that. I like those chances. Me versus Owen. Uh, I'm catching Nick Chubb on a bye week, and Owen's team sucks. So I'm assuming I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this to the house. I'm going to win this real nice. I don't have many guys on bye or anybody. Uh, Chris Godwin's on bye, and my kickers on bye. So. I, I I like my chances here. I think it'll go well for me. ESPN has me a 54% chance to win this game. I'll take those. Dons versus Mott. Big game again. Uh, I think this is a big game for Amat. The second half of the year, Amat has the toughest schedule. I've done the stats. I've done the research. By far, Ahmad has the hardest schedule. And I'm assuming that has a lot to do with the fact that he plays Donahue twice. So this is his first matchup against him. And it would be huge for Amat to steal one of these wins. So if he could split the series with Donnyu, that'd be huge for him. Donnyu's team is ridiculous, but ESPN has Amott as a fifty-five percent favorite. I don't know why. Maybe Donnyu has guys on buy. I haven't double checked, but ESPN saying fifty-five percent. So good luck to Amat there. That's a big. That's a big game between two four and two teams. So somebody's gonna be dropping a four and three there, and that's you'd hate to see that. Anthony versus Jeremy. chance in Anthony's favor This is a good test to see if Anthony's team's going downhill, I mean he took one loss There, second loss of the season He's got to shake it out Mahomes needs to get back on track, McCaffrey needs to put 25 points up, and the rest of Anthony's Team, it's kind of hit or miss we got to see if they're garbage or If they can hang, because if they're garbage, he's going to need to make Some changes And last but not least A huge game between Manti and Tom A one win team Versus a two win team I mean, this is, if Tom wants to get back on track, he needs this win. This is a must-win game for Tom. I don't care what you say about it. He plays Manti twice. He needs to win out both those games. Manti's team is garbage. And I I like Tom's chances, and so does ESPN. 64% chance that Tom wins this game. Once again, I don't know where those numbers come from. I just read the screen. But they must know Manti's team is full of trash, and they like Tom's chances against them. So, That is your week seven look ahead and some projections there. Okay, so that's your podcast, and that wraps up basically everything from week six. Week six matchups, the waiver wire, a few stats and tidbits thrown into there just because we didn't have a guest. And uh, in the future, if you want to be a guest, just let me know uh, if you want to come on and talk or say whatever. Uh, no problems. If you want to come on and rant, if you want to come on and cry, if you're, oh, I want to cry about your record, if you want to come on and yell at me, like Mansi maybe, I don't know. Anybody can come on and whatever, like most people did the rounds already, like just reach out to me, reach out in the group chat, either way, whatever works. Uh, I'm looking to try to get two people on one time at the same time, which is possible, so I think it'd be good to do a little round table talk, a little discussion. And uh, probably more fun to listen to than me just like rattling off stats that I put together in an Excel sheet. So whatever it is, get ready for week seven. See ya.